to We're Talking Drums, creating conversations with the world's top drummers in the most extreme genres. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. All right, round two. This is it. We're going to get it on this one. I'm I'm confident. Uh, welcome. This is the We're Talking Drums podcast. I am your host, Corey Hoffing. Um, yeah, we have a super fun one this week. Uh, but before we hop into that, I just want to say um, we just launched a Patreon page. So if you want to support this podcast, uh, not only by sharing with your friends, but a little bit of financial support, you know? You know, um, you know, we're trying to create the best drum podcast in the world here. You know, only drummers, no bass players. Okay, maybe a bass player too, like pop through the ways there, but we we like it. So we're going to attempt to have no more bass players anyways, only drummers. Um, so, uh, yeah, all we ask is, is two bucks Canadian, just a Timmy's. Timmy's large coffee, you know, that's it. Large double double. Well, or what however you take it. But yeah, just uh that's it. Um that's all we ask for a donation. Uh and uh we're gonna keep uh slinging you know, the best drum podcast content uh that uh this place has to offer. Yeah. This place being Earth. Yeah. That's right. Best drum podcast on earth right here. You're listening to it. Um, what a way to kick this off. So yeah, go, go check out our Patreon page. It's going to be right at the top of the show notes right there. Click on it. I think it's patreon.com backslash we're talking drums. So go check that out, whatever it's two bucks. You know, we're not really asking a whole lot. If you want to support that is super super radical uh and we love you for that and in return um after this episode all future episodes will come out early you'll get early access to episodes you'll get in on all the jokes before everyone else it'll be super sick um you know and then also we're gonna have some cool new merch designs yeah we're stepping up our merch game you probably didn't even know that we had merch but you know what you will because it's gonna be sick and you're going to want it. You're going to want to rep this shit. So go to our Patreon page. It has all your details and all the sick stuff that you're going to want coming up. So awesome. Okay. That's sick. That's done. This week, I sat down and talked to Spencer Moore from Inferi. This guy's super sick. He's super awesome. He's a sweet dude. It's a great conversation we had. Um, so they have a new album that came out in September, September 10th, 2021, Vile Genesis. Go buy it. Go. I'm just going to tell you to spend all your money today because I want you to go buy that record right now. If they have t-shirts for sale, go buy that shit too. support these guys. These guys are absolutely insane and deserve all of your hard-earned money that's all you know if you like tech death you're gonna fucking love this shit if you do not know in furry then i don't know where you've been uh but uh you should 
go check them out and then go harass other people to check them out and then it'll be sick. Uh, we also talked about their upcoming tour. Uh, that is in April and through May with Archspire, the Tech Trek 5, which has been rescheduled, I think, six times or something that we talked about. So there's that. Uh, and go buy tickets for that. All right. Go buy it now. Sell that shit out. All right. Because they deserve it. So, uh, again, yeah, just just do that. It's going to be sick. Go go buy the album and their merch and those tickets. And if you have a couple bucks left over, then go to our Patreon page. All right. I, I'll, I'll put his links above ours. All right. Just so you know, go support that band first. They they deserve it more. Um so yeah, there you go. If you just got two bucks left over, then toss it our way. Uh, what else we talk about? Uh, we talked about some um, some foot technique. He's a big swivel guy, so we kind of swiveled down on that one. Uh, talked about how much he does not really enjoy country music, even though he lives in Nashville. Um, so yeah. And then we talked about that. And, of course, we, we talked about trains. Yeah. Who doesn't love trains? So you're going to love this because everybody loves trains, and it was sick. So here you go, episode 53 of the We're Talking Drums podcast with Spencer Moore. Enjoy. See you later. Well, Spencer Moore, welcome to the War Talking Drums podcast. How you doing today, man? Doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm not bad. It's Sunday. Uh, I got ahead. Uh, I got an hour ahead of you, so yeah. uh, you know I'm uh, well into my day here. Um, so we we were talking before this, and you said you live next to a, a train. Is yeah. that like a train station, or is it like literally just a tracks run beside your house? Basically, basically, <laughs> yeah. It's like right, like I'm looking at the wall on the outside of my house, and it's like right on the other side. So nice. That's, man. I bet uh, rent is a little cheaper for you then, eh? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it makes, it makes, uh, tracking and stuff interesting for sure, but it usually works out. You know, the, sometimes that can make for very interesting recordings though. Yeah. When, it, like, like if you get the timing right, you finish a track and then a train goes by and you can get that in the background. It just gives like a cool cool feel to it right yeah for know. sure and i mean like i can usually hear it coming so it's like oh okay i'm i'm not gonna start this take or whatever but every once in a while i will hear it come through a little bit and then it's like all right well i gotta scrap that one um yeah but i i also have like a good bit of soundproofing in this room so that helps keep some of it out yeah not bad it's not like you're recording like uh dusty country stuff or anything where <laughs> Like a train in the background right. would be a nice like aesthetic to it or something, but like no, I guess yeah. for like I'm not playing death train metal. beats. I'm playing blast beats. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work the same. <laughs> but that being said, man, you are in Nashville, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know what? So what led you into the the blast beat? Did you grow up in uh, Nashville or yeah. Uh, yeah yeah born and raised? Been here my whole oh. life. Oh shit! You just never got into the country stuff, hey? I I think because I live here, I oh, have yeah. never been into country music because it's been like 
I mean, it's surrounded me my whole life, you know, so I'm just like tired mm-hmm. of it, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Norwegian black metal thing that when you're in a society that you're told you have to be perfect and then, mm-hmm. you know, you go the opposite route. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool, you know, as time has gone on, like Nashville's really gone from just being like country music city to being music city. Like we've we've got decent scenes in just about every genre you could imagine. There's all kinds of music going on here, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I follow uh, a bunch of producers and stuff from the Nashville scene. They all seem to be doing, uh, like, country music is still, like, a big thing. It is one of the biggest genres that, that, you know, as far as music goes out there in the world. For sure. So, you know, and where there's money, you know, there's going to be lots of artists and producers and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. uh, yeah, but it is nice to see like guys like branching out more into like the hard rock and metal and and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, super cool, man. Uh, is the uh, is the rest of uh, your band in Furry in uh, in Nashville as well? So for a long time, it was just me and my two guitarists, Mike and Malcolm, who lived here, and uh, Stevie's hopped around the place a little bit he's our vocalist and then andrew lives in colorado stevie just moved here last august so we've at least got four of the five here now which is cool nice man yeah 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 dude that's that's not bad um honestly i i've played for bands and stuff like that that none of the members were in the same city <laughs> like it seems like that's kind of like a regular thing nowadays where you can for have sure. bands where only like a couple of the members are are in the same country yeah know? which is so, insane but also like crazy. this day and age like it's never been easier to do that sort of thing you know yeah well um, honestly even if we all live in the same city in the last like almost two years now uh, we still can't get in the same room together. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what does it matter if we're, you know, 10 minutes down the road or like, you know, like halfway around the world, like we're doing the same shit. We're doing this right now, you know, through, yeah, through a definitely. screen. Yeah, man. Which luckily we have like the technology and stuff to make that happen. Cause I can't imagine what the last two years would have been like if we didn't have that, right? you know, could you imagine if it was like even like early nineties? Yeah. You know? Which was like, I guess, like three decades ago yeah. now. But fuck, getting so old. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. Even even back then, where you have like maybe you have like dial up or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. Let me send but, these files over to you. You can check them out like next week or whatever. Yeah, next it. week, and then uh, record them on like your cassette. And then (laughs) try to transfer them into digital somehow. I don't even know if that technology was really, it definitely was not like a home recording type of thing. Cause I I remember like in the late 90s, early 2000s, even, we had like a four track that we started recording demos on. You know, like that was, uh, that was where we were at. And then we actually moved into like recording stuff on a computer with like Cubase and, and got like an eight channel interface and that was sick. But uh, yeah, back, back in the day in like late nineties, like the only stuff for home recording that was relatively inexpensive, at least like very analog and like four, four, eight track recording. That's, that was where it was at, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've come a long way. Yeah. Big time, man. So speaking of recording, 
You guys uh, have a new album out. Came out in September. Uh, Vile Genesis. Yeah. Um, so I was reading, and you guys recorded with Dave Otero on this one. We did. We did. Yeah, that's super sick, man. That guy does like technical death metal like the best out of anyone. Um, For so sure. What was that process like? I guess you guys went. Did you guys go up to uh, Colorado to record like at his studio? Yeah, yeah, we did. So yeah. like, at least since I've been in the band, that's the first time we've ever done any kind of recording that wasn't just like on our own. Um, mm-hmm. we, I mean, we have gone to studios, but uh, Mike has always done all the engineering, mixing, mastering, and stuff. And um, so that was our first time like working with a producer, which was very cool. Dave's awesome. He's an audio wizard. Um, and I mean, you said tech death, but like everything he does sounds great. Like his work with like bands like Chemist and Primitive Man. And uh, I really like his stuff he's done with Oculus too. I feel like he's really good at like, you know, uh, figuring out a band's sound and making it sound the best way that it can, you know? So mm-hmm. it was really yeah. cool working with him. We uh, We drove out there and we were there for like, five weeks something oh, like shit, that eh? yeah. um staying at his airbnb and stuff and hanging out and tracking um and so i did i went first and got my stuff done after the first week or whatever and it was cool working with a producer who's also a drummer because yeah. he had some interesting ideas for some of my parts and fills that uh you know, I hadn't thought about or whatever. So I got some new ideas from him and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was a really good experience for sure. That's sick, man. Yeah. I, uh, I was just in December, I was working with Christian Donaldson and he's a guitar player. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny, like trying to take, uh, like pointers on like what fills to do from a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, buddy, come on. You know, like, let me, yeah. let me worry about that. <laughs> but no, actually like he is, uh, he's a fantastic producer as well. So I, I take everything he says, like very seriously, regardless of what instrument is his passion. I know he's been recording drums for forever. So for sure. Yeah, man. With yeah. Dave, it's cool. Cause like he might suggest something and I'll be like, all right, well I was actually going to do it this way because I can do it with this sticking which will help me set up to come into the next part this way so that I can do this this way. And he's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, do that or whatever. Like I can have that kind of conversation with him and he like understands what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, you can have that back and forth, which a lot of guys would be like, "Well, no, just just do that. Just do it that way." Like I don't get it. Why can't you do that? It's like, "Well, it does that's not how this this shit works, you know." This like, feels so- better this way and I had it this way in my mind for a reason, so, you know. Yeah. That sort of thing. And also like like feel all depends on the person as well mm-hmm. you know like when when you get into such technical extreme music like you guys play people sometimes think that it is a lot more robotic and like you can just like write it in a computer and play it out and it's done but there is a lot of feel and especially like i was, I was watching a, a bunch of your playthrough videos and stuff and there is a lot of cool little intricate stuff that you do in there that if you tried to do it a different way it would could just turn into a complete mess mm-hmm. right so like the feel from the it being in the driver's seat with sticks in your hand it you know it has to feel right to you 
Uh, so even when in studio, man, um, like you can have times where the producer suggests a bunch of stuff, uh, and it might take you like three or four or five passes of trying to do it to actually like get the feel of it before mm-hmm. it starts to feel natural. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, like at that point it's not coming from your brain, it's coming from somebody else's. So you have to like figure out how to make it work mm-hmm. with your body and the way that you play. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're not sure. fucking robots here, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, and especially with, with this genre, it's like everybody's expected to just be a machine, you know? Yeah. And I definitely, like, try to do that because it's what makes <laughs> sense for the music, you know? But I want it to be, like, musical, too, and have some feel to it. And I don't know. I I kind of try to approach drumming with, like, having little melodies, if you will, built into what I'm playing. You know, it's not a melodic instrument, but just trying to come up with little patterns that like uh either accentuate like what the guitars are doing or um stand out as uh melodies for lack of a better word as themselves. So I'm not just playing straight sixteenth notes every song, the whole album, you know. Mm-hmm. I did find that listening to the latest album uh you you do tend to follow a lot of the guitar melodies with uh symbols mm-hmm. uh so like even on the ride you'll do like you'll follow the rhythm of what the the melody's doing and kind of do those bell accents and stuff and splashes and chinas on those like off beats to really uh accentuate the melody that's going on which is super cool uh Thanks, i found man. myself dude when i was listening to this record um uh, it reminded me a lot of not specifically the playing but the feeling i got listening to shannon lucas play on like the black dahlia murder stuff where that's a huge compliment to me he's a very big influence on me Oh yeah, dude, me too. Like all the stuff on Nocturnal, like that right there, that album like influenced me um like so much uh drumming wise back in the day. And uh I just found like everything you're doing the in the same way that when I listened to that old Shannon Lucas stuff, it was like you're doing everything that my brain wants it to do. So like the way that you're you're playing and writing your drum parts is like almost exactly how I also feel that the drums uh, should have went on the songs. Like I, I just, I connected with it immediately from a drummer to drummer perspective uh, uh, on this latest record. So that's awesome to hear, man. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, man. A lot of that sort of thing comes from like, I don't know. I don't like listen to jazz or play jazz really these days, but I studied it a lot back in the day. And, uh, Mm -hmm. It, I, I kind of like try to approach my writing from like a jazz uh, mindset because yep. like a lot of jazz players, you know, it's it's largely improvisational. But like with comping, like a lot of people are trying to accent those important rhythms that are going on with the melodic instruments and stuff. And so I tried to like incorporate that into my playing, you know, just try to like make those melodies stand out and uh the the difference being that like like i said with jazz it's all like improv and it's going to be different Mm -hmm. a little bit every time they play the song but i'm like trying to write these parts and then like have them set in stone as the parts that will always be played that way with the song 
if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you're you're trying to write the parts um, so they feel natural and like they're just like coming out, but you're they're written in stone to match that part specifically. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you on that, hundred percent, man. Yeah, uh, that's sick, dude. So you uh, let's talk about some technique for a second, cause yeah, man. Uh, you're uh, you're a swivel player. I am. Yeah, dude. How uh, was was that something that happened naturally for you? Um, because for me, I, I, I just like slammed my feet into pedals for so many years. Uh, until, me too. Yeah, I got to a point where it was just like I'm actually doing damage to like my ankles and knees, and mm-hmm. I had I had to find a new technique to do. Um, yeah, and then I found swivel, and it like connected immediately. Uh, yeah, same so. here. Um, I was the same way for a really long time, just trying to muscle everything out. And, you know, after a certain point, I feel like you kind of hit a wall, like increasing the tempos and stuff where like you really can't effectively play what you need to play just by muscling everything out like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I came to that realization when I was trying to get the parts down to start playing with Inferi in the first place. And I was like, okay, I need to figure something else out. Um, and I had seen a lot of people play doubles. For whatever reason, that has never clicked with my body. It has never felt right with my feet trying to do that. Um, but then, I mean, honestly, um, Ken Bedeen from Aborted is the reason that I started wanting to do swivels because I was watching him, and it just looked so effortless, and he's, like, flying. And I was like, I need to be able to do that. So I started working on it and I mean definitely took a lot of time and patience but that's what's always felt best with my body so that's what I've leaned into. And, did uh, uh did you talk to Ken about it? I've actually never met him before. Okay. I I, uh, I was just watching videos and I was like, "Damn, this dude is sick." Yeah, uh cuz I did the same thing but then when they rode through Toronto, I actually uh I chatted with him a bit and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you just you just like turn your your heel like you just yeah, it's like putting out a, a cigarette butt or something." And That's, it's like so nonchalant and I'm like, "Dude, like you're doing like 280 consistently like <laughs> fucking tight. Like it's not just that easy, man. But yeah. Uh, I know. mean, that's the basic motion. And it's funny that he said that because yeah. I've never heard him say that. But when people ask me how to do it, that's how I explain it, too. It's like, you know, you just mm-hmm. finish a cigarette, throw it on the ground, stomp it out. It's like the same that's motion, it. just big yeah. toe in front of your foot and just go back and forth. Apply a little pressure. That's it. And it was um, there was I think it was Eugene who's who's playing for uh, Flesh God Apocalypse. Now he had mm-hmm. a video explaining the pressure swivel technique uh, that like immediately clicked with me as well, because there's two different types of swivel that you can do because uh, like um, Ken is definitely more of the pressure swivel where you can see it's heel up. And it's very much so toes, like, into the pedals, like, mm-hmm. putting the pressure on. And it's the motion of swiv- like swinging back and forth and just allowing the the footboard to get relieved from that pressure a little bit just due to motion that mm-hmm. is causing it to come back. But you're consistently pushing forward on it, right? Which is why you want really tight springs as well for that. 
But um, then, like, a guy like Krim, I'm pretty sure he uses a little looser springs, and his is more like a flat-footed swivel technique. Mm -hmm. So, but that pressure swivel kind of made me rethink how I was approaching it. So making sure that I'm putting the pressure on uh, appropriately, because I wasn't doing that before. I found my my swivel was uh, like loosening up over time, like I was getting lazy with it. Uh, so that really kind of helped me focus on my technique a little more. For sure. Um, I've always been like a heel up player and I've always kind of like sat a little higher at my kit because I feel like being in that position and having my heels up, I just have like a little more control over the footboard and what my feet mm-hmm. are doing and what the beaters are doing. Um, and obviously people like Krim make it work with like the flat foot and stuff. But whenever I try to do anything like that, I feel very out of control of what my feet are actually doing. The pressure thing works for me a lot better, but you know, everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. Yeah. Now, do you do, um, Heels in, heels out, or like left to right with both? I, I do right foot to the right, left foot to the right, right foot to the left, left foot to the left. Because that's how my brain works. So like, yeah. like right, right, left, left. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like um, uh, windshield wipers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes so much more sense. I've seen guys do it like in inward, outward. And it just, I don't. To me, it just seems like way too much stress on your knees. For some reason, it just seems, I don't know. It stresses me out when I'm just watching it. I've I've tried to do it that way, um, but I just can't. I don't know. I have to be able to like visualize what I'm playing to be able to actually play it. Like I have to be able to like mm-hmm. in my mind's eye see myself playing it, and I can't think of my feet moving that way. So I don't know. I I can't do it. Yeah, it seems fucking weird, man. I yeah. don't know. Uh, and you're are you're not using um, direct drive pedals, are you? No, I am. I yeah? am. Um, oh, the Speed Cobra, but with the direct drive on it instead so of the chain, right? I I was using the the Trick Pro One V Bigfoots for a really long time, and then uh, Tama came out with their direct drive pedals, which are the Dynasyncs. And I, I mean, I'm just a Tama fanboy through and through and (laughs) I, uh, I work at a drum shop too. So like we got those in and I had a chance to check them out and stuff. And I was like, I really like these. I want to try these out. So I bought some and like compared to the tricks, there's definitely like a bit of a learning curve changing over to them Mm because they are direct drive, but they kind of feel somewhere in between a direct drive and a chain drive as far as like how they play. Um, so it was a little different, but now, like, honestly, I have a hard time going back to my tricks. I still have them as like backup pedals or whatever, but as far as like fast stuff, the Dynasyncs feel effortless. Yeah. Do you, do you think that has to do with the, uh, the spring as well and and how that actually whole mechanism is? Cause the trick is different than any other pedal. (laughs) So the spring mechanism on the trick pedals is actually my favorite thing about the trick pedals. It's so, so awesome, isn't it? Like, it's just so easy to dial it in. If you need it a little tighter or a little looser, it's like fucking Yeah, right you don't have to get a drum key or you don't have to, like, unhook it and, like, manually tighten it with your fingers or anything. So for that reason, it's awesome. Also, 
it's all internal. So like, it's not going to get rusted if your pedals have to sit outside for a minute or like if they get wet or whatever. Cause mm-hmm. I've had springs like snap on me on, on regular pedals, but I mean, I haven't had that issue with the Dynasynchs yet. The springs are really good. Um, they seem sturdy and stuff. And I, I had to swap the beaters out. I wasn't a fan of the beaters that came with them, but I'm, I'm just using some of the Tama wood beaters and they feel great. Yeah. I'm a big fan of wood beaters. Uh, actually the, um, yeah, I think it is the, the speed Cobra, uh, wood beaters are my favorite. I love them. Yeah. Um, I need to get another pair of them because right now I'm using, uh, I use trick dominators. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I have the, uh, the pro one V beaters on them, uh, which I love. I, it works great for the stuff that I'm playing that is a little more, I want to say mid tempo, but it's more in the 170 to 200 range. Yeah. Um, we don't really go over 200 once my, my other band, um, Crimson Shadows, uh, starts doing gigs and stuff like that. I'll have to readjust cause, but even them, man, it's like 215, you know, it's like, I think 215, 220 is our fastest. Um, and the tricks work great for that. I have a set of axis, but I just... Dude, it, I, they don't do it for me. I don't know what me it is. Neither. Me neither. Yeah. I tried them way back in the day. I, d- I didn't have them for too long, though. Yeah. I uh, I traded... I had two pairs of Dominators, and I traded one for uh, for a set of Axis just to try out. And, like, there, th- all right, the issue I have is I've had two, two different sets of Axis pedals now, and I haven't liked either of them. But when I go and I play on somebody else's... I love them. So I don't know what's going on if the the pedals that I've gotten have just been faulty or something like that, but I I don't know. I the other pedals that I've tried from other people, I sit down and it's like feels amazing. So maybe the settings aren't right or something. I've tried to copy the settings and everything and it's just still I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't feel right. So it's strange, but the uh the tricks are doing the trick right now <laughs> there you so, go <laughs> yeah uh, um I, are you are you a tama artist um so i i do get artist pricing from them i am not like on the roster okay but yeah so uh is this uh due to uh the drum shop um well stuff, or I, is meeting like- somebody in the drum shop is how i got the connect with my rep at tama Nice. Um, but yeah, cause there's this session dude and one of my coworkers was playing in Fury in the shop and he was like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. And my coworker was like, <laughs> oh, that's Spencer. He, he plays in this band and that guy is a Tama artist and he's like, I'm getting you in touch with my guy, which was really cool. Um, yeah. so I don't think I have like the, the social media following to be like full blown on the roster yet, but they do give me artist pricing and they're all really cool people. So. That's sick, man. Yeah. The uh the last episode I was talking to uh Dave Rucky from uh, Sentinels and we kinda went on because I'm a I'm a Mapex artist and I love Mapex and all, but if there was ever uh another company I wanted to to play for, it'd be Tama. Yeah. 100%, they, man. they are sick. They make incredible drums. Mapex is 
making some great stuff now too. Um, and their distribution, uh, at least for the States, maybe all of North America is here in town in Nashville. So I deal with them quite a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, everything from like the armory series up to the top of the line, Saturn stuff is all sounding really good these days. Yeah. I used a, uh, Saturn evolution kit in studio recently. There's two different sessions where I got to, to use a, uh, evolution kit and they're fucking sick. I the, really, really want to get one. They are sick. I had a, uh, I had a Saturn five, uh, back in the day and that thing was awesome. I really yeah. liked that kit. My only complaint is the hardware it was too bulky, but, uh, great sounding drums for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's what I have right now is a, a Saturn five. Um, and nice. I'm looking at, yeah, but I want, I really want to get an evolution. Um, Cause they're, they're really nice and I don't know. I just love the way that the, just like that, that like pearl white, uh, the finish that they have on those it just, mm-hmm. it reminds me so much of like injustice for all. Yeah, uh, for era. sure. And I was just like, fuck, I really want that. I don't know why, but <laughs> I really, I've never wanted a white kit in my life, but now I really want it. So I'm, I love white t- kits. They just scare me because like, Especially with lacquer ones, like if you get a scratch on that, everybody's gonna see it. Yeah, that's it. That it would more than likely just be my studio kit. Yeah, keep it at point. home. Yeah, yeah, it stays in the studio. That's it. Done. Uh, and then um, I can take my other kit out on the road. So, because that one, it's like a black burl finish, and it's mm-hmm. like matte. So if it gets some scratches or dings on it, won't be eh, too bad. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'll never, I'll treat it so nice and it'll never get scratched or anything. Don't worry, Mapex. It'll always look yep. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Man, oh, cases are important. They are. I haven't gotten a new case because, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I haven't really uh, been doing many shows recently, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Me neither. <laughs> like, I haven't, uh, yeah, I got this kit last year, so I'm like, I'm just going to wait, save some money, get yeah. cases when I need them, because um, we're not loading up fucking trailers or anything right now in right. the road, so it's like any little stuff like video footage and stuff like that, I'll just load it nicely into my van and, you know, call it a day, like just pack it with packing blankets or something i don't know there you go yeah i mean if you're just going across town it's not as big of a deal yeah it's not like you're going to like 30 different cities and loading in and out every night up and down crazy staircases and stuff yeah um but speaking of going on tour you guys have a tour with archspire coming up uh, we sure do that's uh that's fucking exciting because I actually think that this is going to happen. So I do too. Third time's the charm. This is the third one we've booked since <laughs> the start of everything and the first two have gotten canceled, but I feel good about this one. So Yeah, man. Uh I'm pumped cuz you guys are coming to Toronto. We are. I can't so, remember what venue we're playing. The Garrison, which should that should be good. That should be pretty full. I've never played there before. No, not like uh there not a whole lot of tours go through that venue usually. Um 
Fuck, I'm trying to think. I think it's probably around like a 300 cap okay. room, I want to say. Um, but like good, good size, good ish size stage and everything. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Like, it, I'm not huge on the sound there, but, uh, you know, either way. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, dude, it'll be, it'll be a great time. Um, Sick. yeah, it's, it's a fucking quite a, you guys are going out for a, a quite a jaunt, eh? Uh, yeah. I mean, we haven't played anywhere in two month? years. Oh, fuck, dude. Gotta hit yeah. all the spots. Or as many you as we can. It. Yeah. And and it's with fucking Archbuyer uh Entheos. Mm-hmm. That that's how you pronounce that? Yeah. Entheos? Nice. And, and yeah, Volvadenia, so it's gonna be sick. Whole bunch of homies. Yeah, man. Oh, isn't that great when you hit the road and it's just like all your bros? Yeah. It's just like holy fuck, there's like thirty of us and we're all friends. This is sick. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be really fun. Those are always the best. I mean, it's it's awesome meeting new people. I've made a ton of friends with people in different bands I've never played with and stuff. But when you go out with people you already know, like it's super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like day. Uh, it's like you're already like twenty days into camp, right? Where you <laughs> already know everybody. You're like you're good to go. But it's day one. It's like perfect. You know. Yep. There's, yeah. There's none of that awkward like. You know, oh, like I don't want to step on anybody's toes, type of stuff. Like, no, nah, man. It's, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always, uh, always fun time, man. That's sick, dude. Um, dude, all right, so you're playing Minel Symbols as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Minel. I do too. Minel are sick, dude. Uh, what's uh, what's your go-to ride? What ride uh, are you rocking there? I've been using the Derek Roddy Serpents ride for a minute now. I love it because like it's got it's really bright. It's got a lot of ping to it. The bell sounds mm-hmm. sick, but it's also thin enough to where it has a little bit of wash. So it's not yeah. just like a straight up like metal ride or a ping ride or something. If I really want to, I can like wail on it a little bit and get it to open up like a crash. Uh, but yeah, it, it's sick, man. Yeah, you crash on that ride. I mean, not like with Inferi, but sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes yeah so you you play other stuff do you have any other projects uh going on right now not right now but i i like to when i'm just like in the drum room jamming and stuff i like to play different stuff yeah dude don't we all like yeah i will say that um being home for the last two years i only play metal type stuff when I have when I'm rehearsing mm-hmm. w- with or for a, a band, so like Same. other than that, like I'm I'll put the click on, but I'm just I'm just grooving out. I'm just like playing more like jazz inspired type of stuff and stuff that just feels cool, you know. <laughs> like oh yeah, dude. If that, I'm just like sitting fun. at the kit, just like messing around, not actually working on anything, I'm playing like yeah. funk beats. I'm trying to come up with like polyrhythms and stuff. Uh, it's rare that I'm just like sitting there blasting for fun or whatever. Yeah. Like it, if I know I have something coming up, I have to practice for it. Then that I'm rehearsing and I'm, that's like serious practice. But as far as fun playing goes, man, yeah, it's just, just grooving out for sure. You know? It's Doing good to do that too. Cause to. like the more different kinds of music you expose yourself to or work on or whatever, the more uh, new ideas you're going to have to apply to metal. If that's like your, your main thing, you know? I always try to bring like different kinds of influence into what I'm doing. 
Absolutely. So do you, um, like in your spare time, do you listen to a lot of metal? I do. I definitely do. But I listen to a lot of other stuff too. Yeah. What would you say is, uh, like your, your top five, uh, bands or artists you're listening to right now? Right now? Um, I've, I've been, and this is like a pretty frequent thing for me. I go through phases of it. I've been listening to a lot of Herbie Hancock lately. Uh, like headhunters stuff, like all the jazz funk stuff that he used to do, like back in the seventies. I love that stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of hiatus coyote. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. No, I'm not. I'm going to write that down. And Very check cool. It out. Like Neo soul kind of stuff from Australia. Um, their vocalist has a crazy voice, just like insane vocal control. And their drummer has a bunch of really cool grooves and stuff. Um, Meshuggah. I mean, that's metal, but that is always on rotation for me. Yeah. Um, Dude, and I'll say, man, everybody that I have been, um, I don't want to say checking out, but like it's it's like every podcast I've been listening to, every person who's kind of like been influencing me these days, like Meshuggah keeps getting brought up, and I never got into Meshuggah. Really, never. Like they're my favorite. Everybody says that. Everybody's like, Meshuggah is the greatest band on earth. Like, that's it. Like, like everybody uh, and every band that is kind of influencing me right now and that I'm listening to a lot of uh, is like super influenced by Meshuggah. And I'm like, I got to go back. I got to listen to some Meshuggah. I I just love their music because it's the sort of thing where like there can be an album that I've been listening to for years and still like I'll listen to a song and like hear something that I didn't pick up on the first time. Um, And I just love all the patterns, man. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, I just, I got to go back. What, all right. What, what album by Meshuggah should I uh, check out? Mm, I think, I think Obzen is the best one, but my favorite one is Catch 33. Because it's like basically one long song. Like the whole album is meant to be listened to as a whole, even though it's split up into different tracks. It's kind of like in different movements. Um, And there's some really cool stuff on that one. Both of those are great. Uh, If you want something a little more raw and aggressive, I'd check out Chaos Fear. But I mean, they're all great in my opinion. Okay, I'm writing it down. <laughs> nice, because um, I I gotta listen to it, man. I even find myself like listening to some songs and being like, "Wow, this this sounds a lot like Meshuggah," and I'm like, "But but I don't listen to Meshuggah." <laughs> like, like, I, I always said like I don't like them. I don't know why, but uh, the vocalist in my band is, is like a fucking super diehard Meshuggah fan, and he would mm-hmm. always put it on, and I'm like, I just never got it. Um, but I'm I'm listening to more of that type of stuff nowadays, uh, like the Humanity's Last Breath and like Sentinels um, and stuff like that. So it definitely, I think that I'll I'll be able to get back. I'll be able to get into. Some of sugar stuff now. And I'm yeah, I mean about it. the drumming is out of this world, man. Um, oh yeah, Thomas Hawk is or Haka. I don't know how to pronounce Hawk. his last name. I should know ah, that, but either way, <laughs> he's 
he's unreal. Yeah, man, absolutely. His drumming's always impressed the hell out of me. But uh, as a, a whole, the music just never—I don't know—it just never hit me. But yet again, I've had so many times where I uh, I'll listen to something and I won't like it. I then like five years later, listen to it and it it just clicks. For some reason, I just I wasn't ready for it. Just didn't hear it at the right time in your life, you know? That's it, man. Doesn't mean that it's garbage. It just means that it was not right right place, right time yet. I also you know? feel like a lot of the thing that like is off putting about Mashuga to people is like how atonal it is. It's really mm-hmm. like gross and hard to like tell what's going on melodically or whatever. So that can be like hard to grasp onto sometimes. But I've always really liked like really dissonant music like that yeah like i i've been listening to the new fit for an autopsy record and i still need to check that out dude highly highly recommend um but they have a couple songs on it that remind me a lot of like gojira that's cool that's another band that like i really didn't understand up until the last like year uh with them releasing a new record it was like they they were doing so much promotion it was just like shoved down my throat like mm-hmm. it seemed like every day like there they are there like so much of it that i had to i was forced to listen to it so much um and that i ended up like really really enjoying it um and then yeah this new fit record though and it it's super sick but it seems like very almost out of character for them given that they're kind of more like a deathcore type band mm-hmm. but it works so well they do it like so fantastically um that i highly recommend checking out this new record it's sick I, yeah i uh, need to listen to it i've definitely heard some of their older stuff one of my old bands has played with them a couple times um and then i also saw saw something floating around the internet about like a riff and thirteen eight or something, and that's got me intrigued. So I need to need to check that out. Okay, I got to figure out what riff that is. <laughs> I I have no yeah. idea, but it's, I want to hear it. It's sick though. Uh, the whole thing is fucking dope. I love it. Uh, I love them. Uh, fucking Hoshin is uh, a fucking sick drummer. He did he did not play on that record though. Fun fact. The new so, one, yeah, the new one, yeah. He uh, he was out with the with like a knee injury. He was getting surgery uh. and stuff like that, and he's back playing with them now. Okay, um, but uh, who tracked yeah, drums yeah. on it? I am not sure. I I know him. I could figure out, but uh, I'll check it out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. Um, he, I did see him do a post because uh, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, man, uh, such a sick album. Dude, I've been really into like new new releases, which is a new thing for me. I've never really like gave a shit about new releases that much. Um, but like, dude, with with the new Fit record, the new Shadow of Intent. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to that shit? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's beastly. I haven't heard the whole thing. I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to new music within the past couple weeks, but I've heard most of it, and it is very sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super dope. Lots of blast beats on that. I think Intensified Genocide is my favorite song they've ever put out. Yeah? Yeah. Fuck. Shit rips. 
It does, man. It does. Uh, I can't. I can't pick a favorite. Uh, this new record though is fucking so sick. I'm like so so happy for those guys because dude, yeah. Melancholy was a was a big fucking album, and it was it was sick. It's hard when an album is like that so that good. Um, that like young in your career to mm-hmm. try to uh, live up to it on the next release, and they fucking did it. You know, and yeah, uh, absolutely, dude. But so getting all right, getting getting back on topic here, uh, kind of <laughs> went off on other bands' releases. Let's talk about Vile Genesis, man, because I think by far this is um, the I don't want to say best, but strongest release from Inferi. Now, you guys, you joined the band in 2017. Right. Yeah, I so I first started playing shows with them at the end of 2017, um, and I mean literally like three or four shows at the end of the year. Those were like the first shows the band had played since like 2008 or nine or something like that. Oh um, shit! Eh? So, so they then, had a bit of a, a bit of a hiatus there. Yeah, because there were some lineup issues a couple times. Because uh, back then, like in 2009, that was like when end of an era came out the first time um Mm -hmm. and there were some lineup issues and people moved and that sort of thing and it's it's pretty much been malcolm's band since the beginning so he was doing other musical stuff at the time he was playing with discreet and starting uh a loathing requiem and all that sort of thing and then got back together to do path which came out in 2014 and then again like right as soon as that album came out lineup issues somebody moved got married somebody didn't want to do music anymore you know like that sort of thing so they like put this record out and then couldn't play shows for it or anything and then it was like basically forced into hiatus again um but then 2018 uh right before the first tour we did was when i was like announced as a full-time member of the band and then we went out with uh Alter Beast and Grindmother and Eighth Year, and then just started hitting the road real hard. Yeah. Um, so, like, as much as you may be like a new member, it's very much so like the band kind of re reformed and had like a rebirth, I guess, in, in, in and around that time. So, yeah, definitely. Because of- on that first tour, we got our, our bassist Joel and our vocalist Sam at the time, neither of them could do that tour. And we ended up getting Stevie and Andrew to fill in. And then that was kind of a recurring thing. And we just decided to have them be official members of the band as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's been a pretty strong lineup ever since then. Definitely thankful yeah. for that. Yeah, man. That's one thing that's like always, it's tough in metal because it's not like everyone's flocking to be in the band to to make money uh Mm. (laughs) and when you get to a certain age it's kind of like it it becomes like all right either you're you're in this uh for the passion of it or you're you're not so you end up with people coming and going so often because you need to test the waters a bit to figure out if it's for you or not. Right. Yeah, definitely. And then you run into people who are like capable, but don't put in the time. So it doesn't work out or people who Mm -hmm. are capable, but are like not cool people or not cool to hang out with. Or, you know, like there's so many variables 
that go into like, well, is this person going to make a good bandmate or not? Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard for a lot of people. Sometimes I feel like we really lucked out with our crew because everybody works really hard and plays well and it's cool to hang out with. And yeah, uh, we got a solid lineup. I'm really stoked about it. That's the best man. Yeah. It's difficult to, to get, but it is, uh, when you have it, it, you, you, it feels really good. It, Definitely. You know, when you get together with everyone, you're like, yes, we're here. We're going to crush it. It's going to be sick. Um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see you guys. Uh, when you, when you hit Toronto, I'm stoked to play I, some shows again, man, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I know Just right? ready to get out there. Fuck. Dude, I, I have never seen you guys live. I missed you uh, when you guys were touring with Shadow. Um, that insane tour that you guys are on. Yeah. Uh, like, looking back at that, I was like, how did I miss that? Like, I must have, there must have been a death in the family or something like that for me to miss a tour like that at Hard Luck Bar. Like, that was, dude. Uh, that, yeah, I we've, think that was we've been through well. Toronto a few times because we played there on that tour. And we were there with Obscura, and we were yep. there with Black Crown and Warforged. And I think we played there, I'm pretty sure we played there on the Rivers and Alter Beast tour we did as well. Yeah, and I would have um, missed all of those shows. Like all different uh, venues, though. Yeah. I know we played Hard Luck with Shadow. I, I can't remember everywhere else, but. Yeah, I know the Obscure was at, like, Velvet Underground. Yeah, yeah, that place yeah. is sick. That's where we yeah, played yeah. with uh, Black Crown also. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super rad. Was, um, was Nick Miller playing bass for Black Crown on that tour? No. No? No, they okay. didn't have bass. They didn't have a bassist? Mm-mm. Oh, okay, cool. Because I know uh, he's a good good friend of mine, and he plays bass for the band Unleash the Archers. Now. Okay, yeah, 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 and he uh, he was uh, doing uh, live session work for for Black Crown for a bunch of tours, anyways. But uh, yeah, it's it's it is cool that like with all these bands now, and because we're all playing to click tracks, that it's so easy to just be like, oh, we don't have a bass player, that's all right. We'll make we'll just like keep that all that money, and we'll just feed the bass through. The, the PA. That's fine. It's, it's cool and it sucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, hey, man, you got to you gotta save some money somehow. Oh, I and, get it. I totally yeah. get it. I, I'm not, like, knocking anybody who does that, you know. Uh, save space in the van or, or on the on the bus, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, we've had to tour as a four-piece before. Well, I yeah. get it. Yeah. The, we, we did that one time, and it, that's why I started playing to a click in the first place, like back in like 2012, mm-hmm. uh, we had a tour where we didn't have a bass player. And, uh, so we we're like, all right, we, we actually lugged a bass amp around though. To play the tracks through. Yeah. Literally like, dude, like That's I had awesome. a, I had an MP3 player and one, it had like a, a left, right splitter. I got, I got the click and the bass went directly into the bass head. And we had like a full bass rig, so that is had, sick. Yeah, we had sound guys like, okay, can I get bass? And then I just hit play, and Cirque's going, and then he's looking around the stage like, like where's, where's the, the bass player? Basses, like, there's an amp. <laughs> where's where's the guy? It's like he's right here. His name is Tex. That's what we <laughs> called him. 
He's Incredible. my MP3 player. Yeah, yeah, dude. And that was the the start of um, when everybody just started running all the tracks and everything through the PA, and uh, and it went downhill. And now, mm-hmm. it, now I I don't know. But, I get it for orchestrations and stuff like that, right? Yeah, we can't hire like a whole symphony to go out on the road with us or anything. So no, and nobody wants a keyboard. <laughs> nobody wants on to do stage. that. Yeah, nobody wants a keyboard player on stage. Though. It just like instantly makes your band look lame. When you have a key- <laughs> it can be cool, but I mean, it takes the right kind of band. Yeah, if your flesh got apocalypse, then yes, okay. Yeah, that's fine. There's a fine that's line cool. between sick and cheesy. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to like tiptoe through that line. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we just go tracks uh, in, in, through the PA. Fuck it. Whatever. I'm yeah. blind to a click no matter what. Like, oh, I've yeah. Done, me too. Dude, I've done session work and stuff where the band's like, oh, yeah, we don't we don't play to a click. I'm like, well, we are now. Yeah, we're going That's, to. Yeah. But I'm going to record our jam, and then I'm going to go back. I'm going to make click tracks, and then that's it. So deal with it. How do you, so how do you run your in-ear setup? Um, so we've got a, uh, an X32, um, that we take on the road with us. I also use it here at home for when, honestly, like when I'm practicing or recording or whatever, I just like to monitor myself with my mics on my kit. Um, but that's what we use for in-ears live. And we'll have the laptop with the session running. And what's cool about the the X32 is that, like, there's an app with it. So we all download the app onto our phones, and then we can all adjust our own individual mixes within that. So we're all hearing different stuff in our in-ears depending on what we each need to hear to be able to play the songs well. Um, So I usually have, like, a little bit of album guitars more live guitars um no album bass i've just got andrew's bass right in my ear i've got stevie's vocals um i've got my triggers and my clicks um yeah i usually have the orchestration very low in my in-ears um just because i I don't really listen to that when i'm playing the song it's Uh, more so for the cues during like intros or interludes and stuff like that right and otherwise like while i'm playing it it tends to be overwhelming a little bit just because there's Mm -hmm. so much other stuff going on um so i don't like to have it very high in in my mix i like it just there just enough to like let me know what's going on yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty much the exact same way um we run an x18 it's just the eight eighteen uh channel version. And uh yeah, it's honestly it's it's the greatest thing ever. And having I will say, um, so the other band I play for is called Lotharo, and having all of them on in ears as well is the greatest thing ever. I don't have to count in. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do any I just have to play. That's what That's I it. love about it. Cause like I I don't you don't have to count in, like everybody knows exactly where you are. You don't have to like click your sticks. You don't have to keep the hi hat going or anything. No, nope. everybody just comes in at the same time. I I love it so much. It, it's so sick. It's everything I've ever wanted since uh, I found out what click tracks were. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, like, wait, absolutely. I'm the only one that has to hear this. Like, fuck that. No, everybody, everybody has to hear this click. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on, fuck. Everybody sync up. 
Yeah, come on, let's go. Don't rely on me. And then uh, vocalists wanting uh, more kicks in the monitors mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, dude, no. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> now all I can hear is my kicks. Yeah, that's yeah, good. dude. Punishing, punishing, man. It's like, nope, you yeah. can just set up your own mix yourself. And also, yeah, I mean, just having that pulse there the whole time, it frees everybody up to, like, focus on what they're playing. And I feel like that is super important, especially with, like, really technical music. It's just, like, one less thing to think about. Since going to this, like, having everybody on it, I find I listen to the click less. I don't, yeah. I, dude, I don't focus on it. I'll, I will get, like, halfway through a song and realize, like, oh, and, like, Mentally, I'll be like, "Am I on the click?" And I'm like, "Of course I am." Yeah, because yes, everything locked is in. fine. Yeah, everybody's on the click. Every everything is great. I don't need to think, and that is the best part: is I can just concentrate on being present and playing my best. I don't have to concentrate on like being on time with the click because it, I always had this fear of like if I get off, everybody's off. And then I am off one beat on the click, and then our orchestrations are off, and everything's a goddamn catastrophe. Right. Uh, com- you know, but now it's like not even, I, I have, I've never fallen off since everybody's on the click. Like that's just not a thing. So, yeah, dude. It's such Fucking. a useful tool to have. It is. And it, when you're playing extreme metal and stuff, like, dude, just, just everybody get on the click. Just do it. It's going to make for a better performance overall. And even guys, like, they don't need to have the click super loud in their ears. Right. Right? Like, just, just even just for Countins, it's fucking sick. Yeah, it. I mean, you know? it makes your band's whole performance seem a lot more professional when you don't have to, like, count in the songs, in my opinion. Uh, me too. I completely agree. Yeah. I love it so much. And even like I remember watching Archbire um a couple years back and them having no count ins is fucking insane. Cause it's like it's so fast start and it's just like so insane off the top and everybody locks in together like perfectly. It's like fucking hell, man. It, it's there's no uh like hesitation or anything. Like it's just fucking full force, like in it's it's impressive as fuck, dude. Definitely, I agree. And I feel like there's certain certain genres and stuff where it's like counting in is cool. Like if I'm seeing a grind band, I want to hear them count off the part on the snare before they like start ripping blast beats and stuff. But with the tech death thing, I I don't know. I think it's a little cooler when everybody is, it's you know, there's just like tracks playing or it's kind of quiet or something. And then everybody just comes in at the same time. Yeah. Like, I think the, like, will never get old Yeah, uh, in, like, fucking death metal and grindcore and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah. There's for, a time and place. Always. Always, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick, dude. All right, man. On that note, man, I think um, I think that's a rad place to wrap up. Do you have any... Um, any uh anything else you want to add any uh endorsements or anything you want to fucking uh toss out there um no no i think i'm good man are you with the uh, scorpion percussion i i don't have any endorsements um other than the oh, pseudo tama one um but yeah i i work at forks drum closet in nashville and that's kind of like being endorsed by everybody so 
Sick. All right. Well, if you're in Nashville, uh, go uh, go check out Forks Drum Closet. You know, go see Spencer. I'll say, sell you some stuff. Yeah, there you go, man. Any uh, any drummers or or musicians, cool dudes going through Nashville, go check it out. It's you know, our uh, our something. 40th anniversary this year. We got a bunch of cool clinics and stuff coming up. So that's are you are you putting on a clinic? Nah. Why but not, we got, man? Come on. I mean, <laughs> can, I I would. You can teach some kids how to do blast beats. Somebody has to. I mean, Fuck, man. There's not a whole lot of <laughs> blast beat players here in Nashville. Well, you got we got make like some. we got Come like thirty thousand drummers here, but most of them are playing cover songs on Broadway. So, and all of those guys are making more money than any of us combined. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, man, playing in the honky tonks, dude. Dude, I I like I like some country, man. I used to play for a country-ish band, and I loved it. Then we weren't really country, but. I I have a lot of respect for like old country. Mm-hmm. Anything in the last, I don't know. I have a hard time getting into any of the stuff that's come out in the last like twenty years or so. But I can probably send you a couple couple tracks that are pretty dusty that you might be into. Dusty sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear about trucks and beer. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> most of them are like. Um, Extreme alcoholics and stuff like that. But, well, uh, yeah, very depressing country. But right? like, that's all. I don't want to hear any like Florida Georgia line shit. Ah, oh, dude, it's the worst, man. The worst. I can't stand pop country, dude. I can't stand it. It's dude. so bad. And you're in the heart of it too. I, man. Yeah, man. Fuck. That yeah, that's rough. I I feel for you, man. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> There's other good stuff going on around here, so. Oh yeah, dude. Of course there is, man. I, I've been hearing a lot of good shit about Nashville recently, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sick, dude. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll see you in a couple months, then. Sick, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. You meet I'm in pretty, person. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. I'm pumped, and we'll uh, we'll fucking do all this uh, again, and it'll be great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> Sick. Thank you for joining me today, Spencer. Thanks for having me, man. Take care, brother. Take it easy. Once I can't